Hi again, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Marketing Careers Uncovered. Um, so, so far, a consistent theme that I've really, really been seeing is that success really comes from getting getting stuck in, challenging yourself to learn new skills, seeking out new opportunities, and essentially making your own luck. And my next guest, Sophia Tyson, is no exception to that um, to that rule at um, at all. So thanks for thanks for joining me today. So um, just to kick us off, could you um, just give us a little bit of an introduction as to sort of, you know what you're doing, what you, what you're doing right now? Yeah, so I am an SEO content editor for a legal tech startup, um, and. Alongside that full-time role, I'm also the content strategy lead at a social mobility charity called the 93% Club. Um, so quite a mixed a mixed bag between the two, um, but they're both like quite different and they fulfil me in different ways, which is nice. So I think the 93% Club is how well uh, is how we became. Um... We, we became connected. So I think it'd be really useful for everyone listening if you could just introduce you know, what the 93% Club is, why it exists, who it's for, um, just a bit of background on, on that would be helpful. Thanks. Yeah, sure. Um, so the 93% Club is a social mobility charity. It kind of seeks to support university students from state schools um, to kind of progress through higher education, which is something that many of us didn't have much support with um a lot of first generation students come from state educated backgrounds and kind of just supporting them through uni but then also into their later careers as well um kind of helping them one navigate the expectations of them um because they're probably often not familiar with them if they are first generation and then two kind of helping them get into the roles that typically are reserved for those with a big community or network pre-built for them um we kind of exist to build that network artificially for state educated students and give them kind of the leg up to get into the same careers that maybe our privately educated peers do um get that support for so that sounds really really worthwhile stuff how did how did you get involved with the 93 percent club yeah, so um, the CEO and co-founder, Sophie Pender, she actually went to my um, secondary school and sixth form. So I'm a few years younger than her and we know each other from there. Um, a few years ago, I actually helped them with some design work for a milk round pack that they were creating for students. Um, that was kind of to help students prepare for interview questions, um, know to what, what to expect for an assessment centre and things like that, where to find jobs. So I kind of already worked with them a few times on a freelance basis. And then in January this year, I kind of noticed a gap in um, the charity's work in terms of content production, like for their blog, content for the community, um, the way communications could be like leveled up so I reached out to Sophie and I asked is this something I can support with um on a volunteering basis and yeah it's kind of come from there I've been there officially since January now so if you hadn't have spotted that and put yourself put yourself forward then chances are you wouldn't be doing this right now no definitely not it's like sometimes as well with charities or smaller businesses they don't realize the gap 
um, as well until you kind of look into it and think what could we do here and like bring that opportunity to them it might be that they're just doing so many other things that they're not actively looking for people to plug these gaps they don't know they have yet so sometimes it is about doing that thinking where can I add value here and do they actually need it Um, and if you find that there's a good match between what you can offer and what they need then I'd say there's no harm ever in reaching out to kind of volunteer that support. Very good. So um, how did you get into, um, how did you get into marketing initially? Um, So marketing is an interesting one because I actually originally studied law at university, um, which is quite a switch. I don't know many people that have made that pivot almost um, no I've, I've met quite a few lawyers and um, I, I'm not sure how many of them would make great marketers but um... <laughs> it's definitely like a weird gap between creative and law <laughs> um, but yeah so I always kind of was interested in creative things marketing was always when I was younger something that I had an interest in I used to like love watching shows like The Apprentice or like designing things I was constantly drawing things um, when I was younger but at one point as I think I was in like the start of secondary school I kind of dismissed that creative interest that I had in pursuit of a legal career um so probably since about when I was in like year nine year ten I decided I was gonna become a commercial lawyer and I was very um persistent with that goal pretty much from that time onwards getting into uni and probably until well I actually finished my degree but I did decide halfway through that it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore um so yeah what 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 (laughs) prompted prompted that was that a um was it something that happened all of a sudden or was it a slow burn um yeah quite interested to to, yeah because you mentioned yeah you turned off any um, any sort of thought or ambition about about um, sort of tapping into you know, clearly a sort of quite creative side that you've um, that you've had. What was what was driving that? Yeah, I think when I was younger, there was a few like different circumstances that made it feel like the sensible option probably for me was to pursue something that was kind of um, quote unquote sensible, um, professional, well paid, stable. And law, I guess, to many people is exactly that. There was a few times when I was younger that we really needed a lawyer or access to um, more equitable decisions. And we kind of lacked that access. Um, So when I was a teenager, I kind of decided, oh, I'm going to become this lawyer and I'm going to solve these problems for my family and families like mine. Um, But the problem with that is that you can kind of only neglect what you're actually interested in for so long I think um and yeah that's that kind of faded out during university I did have like a few really great opportunities um where I did a few they're called like work experience weeks or insight days and so on through a social mobility charity um and it was actually during my second year of uni after lots of those that I was like yeah maybe I should accept that this isn't what I actually want to do um probably being around people that were so 
driven to become commercial lawyers and just really noticing that I was trying to compensate in other ways for that um, motivation made me realise maybe I need to think about what I actually want to do rather than what I think would be the good thing to do. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, that, that that makes sense. So, did you did you finish your law degree, or did you um, or you decide at that point actually I don't want to do this anymore. I'll I'll, I'll do something else. No, I don't. I don't really like quitting things. Uh, <laughs> I was very determined to finish my law degree, but also finish it with a very strong grade. So I actually did really well um, every year I was there. I think I was in like the top ten percent. Um, in my cohort every year and then I won an award for the highest third year grades funny enough even though I decided in the second year that I actually didn't didn't think I wanted to pursue law anymore um, I wanted to make the most of having had that opportunity I guess to study something like law um, for three years it's kind of a blessing to have that opportunity I didn't really want to waste it so, so actually, it sounds like yeah, you you still could have continued on that path and been a, a damn good commercial lawyer, regardless. But yeah, you still identified that actually, it's really not, it's not the thing that really lights my fire. So while yeah, that's quite a brave decision to take that different course, and not many people, not many people would. Yeah, I think for me, it was knowing that I enjoyed aspects of law. Um, but probably the aspects of the law that I enjoyed the most were actually things I could find in other other areas. Like I loved consumer law. Um, I loved cyberspace law. These are all things that you also learn in marketing, um, digital marketing or just traditional marketing. So it's kind of making that making that realisation that helped me a lot. So once you have that sort of light bulb moment of actually... I think marketing is the um, is is the direction and, um, and and place for for me to shine. What was your what was your next step? How did you start? How did you start to get involved in that um, in that world? Yeah, so it was my second year that I realised I didn't really want to become a commercial lawyer, um, but that I was going to continue my degree. So I thought, how else can I kind of plug that gap that I have? in terms of marketing knowledge and what would be experience because a lot of people would have been having a placement year in second year um, and I didn't really have that opportunity because I realised quite late what it was I wanted to do um, so I thought how else can I kind of plug those gaps and there was a few things that I thought I should invest my time here um, so the first thing I created my own blog which I actually think has been one of the most helpful things when it came to getting my first real job in marketing. Um, so my blog was kind of a bit of a brain dump of all of my various interests. So I had some articles about cyberspace on there. I had some about my favourite marketing campaigns. I had some about the laws on marketing. Um, I kind of just built that up, publishing new stuff every week um, during, during my degree. Uh, another thing I did, I started writing for a company called Student Heart, who that was actually my first like paid paid experience writing. Um, so I would write two or three articles a month, and they would edit them, publish them, and yeah, that happened for maybe about a year. Um, writing for Student Heart, and that was a really great way to like 
for the first time get feedback on my writing that wasn't from like my English teacher or my law teachers um but rather from actual marketing professionals and how did you get involved with uh, with them was that something you proactively went out and offered your services was it um was was it was it was there a job opening there yeah so I was always looking online for just writing opportunities I probably would have accepted a lot of unpaid ones at that point as well I was just quite lucky that they paid albeit very little like an article they paid for it as well um so I was just looking online and I saw I guess I was searching things like um writing opportunities for students or internships and things like that and I came across the opportunity um and kind of signed up there so yeah I was quite lucky to have found that but I know there's lots of things people can do like writing for the student newspapers um even if you're in a society taking on the marketing role in that committee can be a great start um it's just kind of about finding those opportunities in quite niche places sometimes and realizing that it's about the skills not the nature of the work yeah and I guess you know having that confidence as well to put your hand up and go actually I think I can help you I think I can help you here and getting stuck in I guess you know in, instead of waiting for the perfect opportunity or something more fully formed to um to, to present itself just taking whatever you can to build that up right yeah definitely I think one thing early on in a marketing career you need to be willing to do is try things that aren't your perfect fit like they're not what you dream of doing but they are going to get you there it's kind of like you don't you'll find that most marketing roles even if they're entry level expect experience of some sort um without having created a blog or rent for student heart I don't think I would have even managed to get that first step so it is really about like thinking ahead what what are they going to want from me and how can I get it myself Brilliant to hear about yeah a lot of that different experience that you started to build up during those um, during your final, um, final final years at university. I guess what have, can you tell me a little bit about yeah what was your first let's call it a proper marketing role? What was that and what did that um, what did that look like? Yeah, so interestingly, my first proper marketing role wasn't actually one with a company. It was one that I kind of created for myself. Um, so when I graduated, it was like, it was like April, May, June, 2020. So middle of the pandemic, pretty much any marketing graduate scheme I had considered or had applied for had been paused. Um, no one really knew what was happening next. So it could be a worse time really, could there to, um, to be entering the job market? Yeah. I mean, it was the first time that like the idea of working from home had even been, possibility for me um but it was also the first time I think that many employers had realized we don't know how to run these schemes or organize these schemes or run assessment centers when everyone's at home 
Um, so it was definitely a bit of a panic moment, um, I guess, because I had felt like I was so ready to leave uni and I'm one of those people that I hate the thought of not working. Uh, I wanted to kind of roll straight into a job straight away and it quickly became apparent to me that that was not going to happen anymore. Um, so I kind of had to think short term, um, what can I do to kind of one, build some skills in the meantime and to get some money that will tie me over until the job market recovers a little bit and I can get my first role in marketing. Um, so yeah, and I decided that I was going to create a branding and illustrations business um, using my iPad. <laughs> As you do? Yeah, <laughs> I downloaded um, Procreate, which is like £5, and it was probably the best investment I've made. Um, I had so many people like ordering illustrations from me. I was really lucky in that I kind of tapped into a niche that no one else had tapped into at that point. Um, so where everybody, including myself, was graduating but was not able to be at uni or attend a graduation, get those pictures, um, I decided to offer graduation pictures, which are actually illustrations. So people would send me a picture of them, um, a picture of their university graduation kind of uniform, a picture of where they would have had their picture taken originally, and then just the name of their degree. And I would kind of bring it all together into a portrait. And yeah, I priced very low for it um, because I just had no idea what I was meant to be charging these kind of things. Um, but I got quite lucky in that I found the right places online to post the, like, um, the offering. And I had lots of people coming in and kind of ordering those from me. So that idea of graduation illustrations, yeah, that's quite quite genius to actually, you know, really tapping into a specific moment in time and a really, really specific need. How did how did that niche present itself to you? Um, I think one, I'm in a few like groups for people my age on Facebook. So there's one that's called like girls that graduate and things like that. And I kept seeing the same themes coming through in people's posts. Like, oh, I'm so upset that I'm not going to get a graduation. Um, I was experiencing that feeling myself. And so it was like my partner and all of my friends. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I could make a few of these things for some of these people. And then as soon as I did it for like my friends, for example, I was like, this actually is something that I could offer more, like more broadly um to a wider audience of people and then before long I was able to like reuse the backgrounds I'd created because I was getting lots of people from the same unis and it kind of just grew more efficient the more people were interested and you did that with an iPad and a five pound <laughs> app yeah I did oh. it was um well done well done <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a learning curve um but also it gave me something to kind of focus on and I am very creative so it was almost like an enjoyable um job it was the first time I'd had like a non-retail job and I was getting paid to do something I enjoyed um so yeah it was it was good (laughs) 
And at the same time, you know, you're learning about how to market your your your, your product. Yeah, you're starting to learn about pricing. Yeah, even if yeah, you have priced yourself pretty far lower than you than you would do now if you were to do it. Um, if you did to do it again, would I? Um, would would I guess? Yeah. But, yeah. Still, all all valuable lessons that are um, that are being learned at a very very early stage, but some people don't learn. You know, sometimes until um, you know, some years into their career. So um, a really great opportunity there. Yeah, definitely. And it was a lot of like other skills. So time management, people wanted them. Loads of people one day wanted them. I had to kind of manage people's expectations. It was like delivering some kind of customer service, even though I was just one person doing this thing. Um, it was about like managing people's expectations in terms of what I can draw. So like someone sent a really low quality picture there's only so much I can do with that um so there's a lot of things involved the pricing the time management um kind of just even thinking what what should I move to next if this particular trend dies down um so I kind of broadened it out to like pet pictures um some like branding packages for small businesses I was like including all of that instagram templates and things like that um even like business cards so it was it was the start of like something very creative and interesting but also something really new to me now we starting to think at this point actually do I need to get a let's call it a proper job for a moment or we started thinking actually maybe I could do something I could do something with 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 this and keep it uh, and keep it going um it's difficult because I feel like at that point I had such big aspirations for myself and what I was doing was fun and it was interesting um but it wasn't gonna upskill me in the ways that I really wanted to learn I wanted to learn like how big brands did their marketing I wanted to learn from professionals and like teaching myself things I could only get so far so it was kind of never like It was never the goal to run my own business. It was kind of a short-term thing and that's never really changed, which is kind of why I stopped doing it as soon as I got my first full-time role. Um, But yeah, I know some people have got like that entrepreneurial spirit. I just don't think I have it. I just really want to be around people that can teach me more than I can teach me, I think. So, so what was your first um, full-time full-time role? Yeah, so I actually started as an intern in a digital marketing agency that specialised in SEO. So that was actually only a couple of months after I graduated and had been doing the illustrations. Um, now, this is about as far as from law as you can get, really. Um, <laughs> content, content for an SEO agency—it's it's worlds apart, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that because they actually let me do fun things like do legal training for all of the staff there um, on how to like avoid liability in a PR campaign, essentially. Because um, there's lots of risks there. I wrote about SEO contracts and lots of stuff like that um the law on black hat seos all sorts of things that i kind of had the opportunity to merge my interests in at the time but then at the same time i was getting that variety of writing for like the really big clients that we had 
um on more creative things as well so it was, it was good no, that to law that degree mix. wasn't wasted at at all it was definitely <laughs> put to use in in some shape or form just not the way you were initially uh anticipating when you when you first enrolled yeah exactly I think law is a great thing to know about <laughs> I think it's super interesting it's very important um especially just for broader like business operations but definitely practicing it and writing about it um very different <laughs> so how long um how long were you at the agency for yeah so I was there for a year I think just maybe over a year I was there as an intern and then I progressed to a content marketing exec and a senior content marketing exec within that one year um which was not too, that's not too shabby at, at all <laughs> yeah it was good um I kind of was very proactive and keen to develop and I was kind of asking for that extra work I was making sure I was really trying to get that feedback to understand where I could improve and I think that paid off um quite a lot and did you have any sort of longer term it's called them, sort of career goals in, in mind. Did you have a sort of direction that you sort of knew that, okay, if I continue going this way, then I will end up where I want to, where, where I want to go? Or were you just seeing where particular opportunities took you and, um, and, and going more with the flow, should we say? Yeah, it's interesting because I joined as a, a content marketing intern and I actually knew very little about SEO at the time. Um, I just knew that I really enjoyed writing and I could be quite good at it. Um, so I kind of just relished that opportunity. And then while I was there, I learned a lot about SEO. And that was when I was like holding it. I actually really like this, this like specialism. I want to progress in this area. So I actually didn't realise that that was what I was going to end up wanting to do when I first joined. It was only kind of later down the line of being there when I was learning I was like I think I want to specialize in this area in SEO was it about the world of search engine optimization that really drew drew you in um so I think I mentioned earlier very interested in cyberspace and very interested in cyberspace regulation um that was like two things from uni that I really really enjoyed um And SEO to me was like understanding for the first time how search engines work was fascinating. And there are so many different things that you need to consider. I kind of liked the idea of reverse engineering, what seems to be a very simple and fast service for most consumers and really understanding like what's going on behind the scenes here like what is happening when Google's crawling these pages, indexing them and deciding what to serve to its users. To me, that was like kind of digging digging deeper into something that I'd never even considered to have any more depth than just being somewhere I type things in and I get responses. Um, it's quite typical for me to find an area and like hyper-focus on it for a very long time. Um, and for me, like SEO has been that it's been something that there's always so much more to learn about and to me that's uh, yeah it's just fascinating it's one of those areas for me that from the outs when you first start like seo at first glance feels very feels very technical and you know looking at keywords and um, density and you know looking at how you structure content and websites yeah 
and it, it very much initially feels quite um, quite quite techy, but actually the way search engines have evolved now to look at you know, things like user experience and social signals and various other bits and pieces, it's, it's, as you know, it's a whole discipline within its um, within itself. So actually, having a lot of broader marketing expertise can really really help in getting the most out of um, getting, getting the most out of it. Yeah, I think it's interesting because SEO can get quite a bad reputation. Um, And for the way it was previously, a long time ago, I completely understand why. I think today it's all about delivering a good user experience. And that's, I'm lucky that I've come into this industry at a time where it's been about that and increasingly so. Um, Like for me, going to talks like Women in Tech SEO conference, I learned about like site architecture and how our brains process information in the best way when they're presented like this like to me again that's fascinating all of this stuff is like really trying to understand one why google treats things a certain way but also why our human brains process things in a certain way and why that's preferred to me just the ability to understand the like what's going on behind the scenes in both our brain and in google it's just it's just great it's yeah it's really fascinating to me and it's a whole world removed from the early days where it was put dog biscuits in your copy <laughs> 25 times and yeah. you'll come number one for dog biscuits so um, yeah it, it's become yeah I'd say a lot more nuanced a lot harder but uh, a lot more principles based actually yeah you know, do the right do the right thing for the people you're trying to trying to trying to attract and and you will do well yeah is- I think having in-house experience as well in SEO makes you really recognize the importance of the user above Google because it's like okay we actually need people to do something when they get to this page not just click on it so we need them to convert (laughs) like yeah outcomes outcomes (laughs) outcomes so rankings are only like half the battle you can write a great piece of content and it rank if your user gets to that page and does nothing then you're not doing your job for your company um so it's like understanding conversion rate optimization understanding actually digging deeper into what the person that you are trying to target in terms of an icp actually wants to learn from your content and where it where they are in their buyer journey almost where you can enter and what you can bring at that particular stage is very specific I think as soon as you really recognise what your business sells, what your customer wants and what information they want to kind of tie those things together, that's when you can become better at SEO because there's no point doing SEO and ranking if nobody does anything when they read your content. So you've clearly taken a lot of personal responsibility, taken a lot of accountability on on yourself to progress and develop. Has, did anyone else help you along the way? Um, I would say my current manager has been really important in my growth in quite a few different ways. I think probably him being the first manager I've had for such a long period of time. So he's been my manager for two and a half years now. Um, and he's taught me so much in that amount of time. Like everything from how to write better. So to cut the fluff from my writing and really like simplify things rather than over complicating them um that's been one of the biggest learnings for me coming from a technical background like law 
um and also like in general understanding the business operations a lot better that's something I had no awareness of until I joined the company I'm at now and he really has taught me how other areas of business work and how we can kind of enable them to do their best work and how they can enable us to do our best work um he's actually been so like pivotal in my learning there that I presented a talk a few weeks ago at Search London which is an SEO event kind of relaying some of the stuff he's taught me um about like cross-functional collaboration and how that can help us become better SEOs uh it's just stuff like that that is so important to me that I've had that opportunity to learn these things because otherwise I don't think I would have had as much of an impact as I have had at the company I'm at now it would definitely have taken you a lot longer to learn some of those um, some of those sort of you know, lessons and insights for, for sure having a good manager or mentor is it's one of the consistent things I've heard that's really helped propel people forward yeah definitely I had um, a mentor as well recently and she's like been fantastic in terms of really helping me build my confidence and push myself to do things that I honestly would never have imagined doing. So even like that talk, I would never have pitched it if it wasn't for her kind of encouraging me and letting me know that she thinks I'm ready for that. Um, I like to her, like she has really improved the way I kind of see myself now in a professional capacity, but also as just someone that can specialise in SEO and share knowledge um, because I've never really felt that confident to share that knowledge until having these conversations with her where she's given me that encouragement. Brilliant. Um, What other skills have you picked up and and found that have been really important and beneficial as you've you've been progressing? Yeah, I think probably one of the most important skills for me has been learning how to be data-driven. I am not a numbers person at all, or so I thought. Um, So I've always kind of shied away from anything to do with spreadsheets and numbers in previous roles. And that was just because I assumed, oh, I'm I'm an English person. Like I took a calculator into my family law exam, which is very basic maths. Um, To me, like the idea of being numbers driven just wasn't achievable. Um, but since I've been at the company I'm at now, I've really learned how to tie my impact to numbers and also how to prioritise my work to tie that back to the numbers. And really, that means like making sure the content that we write is actually going to, again, convert, kind of drive leads, leads that then can convert to sales qualified leads and close one revenue. It's kind of that's something that never seemed like something I could do, but it's been probably the single most important thing in terms of my progression at the company I'm at because as a startup, they're very de- very um, dependent on you doing a lot with a little and kind of prioritising for impact. If I hadn't have kind of been able to adapt to that environment, I don't think I would have kind of survived in it. Um, it's really about knowing where your work can get the results for the business and being data driven is kind of the key to bridging that gap I think I've personally found that's one of the bigger advantages of working for smaller for smaller firms there's a lot more 
say, pressure and accountability, but actually you don't have that safety net of being able to just do some work and actually it doesn't really matter whether you um, whether you actually deliver any tangible out- output or, or not. Well, not it doesn't matter. You can get away with not having to um, having to explain or defend why you do particular things a, li- a little little bit more. So, well, you know, there's less places to hide, but actually you learn, you can learn far more in a year than you would in maybe three or four at a much, much, much larger firm. Yeah, definitely. I think having that accountability. So like for context, I was the first SEO writer at the company I'm at now. And for a long time, that was the case until only a couple of months ago. So like having a channel number and owning that has been really important for me in terms of making sure that I am always doing impactful work. I'm doing work that's meaningful to the business objectives and not just like, again, fluffy um but also like in terms of motivation there is nothing that I can imagine driving me more than knowing that I am hitting a number and that that number is actually directly contributing to the business hitting its number so probably like revenue for example yeah I can't imagine ever having that kind of impact this early on in my career at a big business and that's kind of where I think it surprised me (laughs) I always thought I wanted to go into a big business when I graduated because it seemed like the stable and like, the, again, the right thing to do. Um, but really, what I've realised is that you can actually have a much bigger impact in a small company. Brilliant. So I guess to, to date, what's what's the highest point of your uh, of your career so far? What are, what are the things you're most sort of proud of? Um, it's It's hard because I feel like I can be proud of lots of things and then the next thing comes along and I'm like that's now the thing I'm most proud of so like for me I've been the first to go to uni in my family the first to get a certain type of job I've been the first to have like an academic publication the first to present a talk like even the the first to be on a podcast for example like all of those firsts to me are really probably small achievements to certain people like even just graduating from my law degree or getting a first or like getting that highest grade like to me they're all significant achievements and sometimes I can't believe I actually have done them but then it's like that's just only until the next thing so for me right now I think the biggest achievement and like biggest high has just been watching Juro's organic traffic grow because like I said I'm really in with the numbers and it really is the most exciting thing to kind of see that tick up like look at that graph every day and it's just going up and you know that the strategy that you're deciding on and executing is driving that um it's like a long-term thing and that's probably why it seems like such a big high because it's like I've worked on this for a really long time there's like hundreds of articles that's gone into these results it's like something that you can be really proud of yeah think, you're really yeah. really close to that aren't you you're not you're not yeah. just along for the ride you're 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 in, you're in the driving seat there helping propel that forward yeah I think that's that's probably the biggest achievement because again that's not something I could ever ever kind of envisaged for myself when I graduated um having that kind of impact but it's been really great to have it what are what are some of the things that you haven't quite expected or things that haven't quite gone to um, gone, gone to plan that you've that you've learned from yeah, I'd say one mistake I've made 
a lot of times <laughs> um, but I am conscious about it and I'm trying to get better at it there's been times where I've taken on too much stuff um, so like for example having a full-time job where I enjoy it so much that maybe I'll put in some extra hours if I want to and then having like the charity role managing all content on a voluntary basis like those things and then at another point I was like volunteering at a food bank there's times where I cannot say no to things because I just in my head I want to do everything I'm like I don't want to say no to these things because I want like I want to enjoy and have these opportunities um but as a result I can find myself becoming a bit like burnt out at the end of those really busy periods and like I don't yeah it's something I definitely need to work on because it takes me a while to like pick myself back up after that burnout um but already I've started like just managing my calendar a bit better making sure I've got kind of enough breaks between different projects and like I've been a lot better at saying no (laughs) to people um, or saying I can do that for you but you're going to have to wait till next quarter because this is like the main priority right now. I think it's great to practice that in the charity at the moment because one like we're not getting paid for this work so you can kind of set those limits but also when you own something like content there is that flexibility I think you have to build that skill of saying no in an environment where it's safe to say no and then kind of develop it further in other areas. Yeah, and you and you actually you find for the most part that when you say no, 90% of the time people go, okay, yeah, we can do that. We can do that next <laughs> week. We can do that next next, next month. I think a, a lot of that pressure comes from ourselves, doesn't it, to go, well, yeah, I want to be... I want to be seen as um, as helpful or ambitious or uh, you know go go get into so if I don't say no then I'm, am I being difficult? But actually, it's not the case at at all. People, other people, just don't understand how much what your workload looks like. Yeah, I think definitely like what you just said, the pressure on yourself to never say no to things. Like I said earlier, I didn't quit my law degree even though I knew I didn't want to become a lawyer because I don't I don't like saying no to things I don't like quitting things I don't like carrying that feeling of oh I could have done that thing and I didn't um it can be amazing as a trait in terms of getting a lot done and finding like being proactive and things like that but it can also be that feeling of oh I physically don't know how to tell this person I can't do this thing because I feel too bad or but I think actually that's more of a general skill not even just a professional skill like it's something that my counsel will say to me we're going to work on you learning to say no to these things like that's something that you can apply to everything um I think it's just so important I'm still working on it it's quite difficult because like I say my excitement for projects can often overpower my ability to kind of step back and think do I actually have time for this right now because a lot of the time like you say I could to say I can't do this right now but I'd love to do it like in X amount of months and that's something that I'm trying to implement it's hard <laughs> but worth, worth worth doing nonetheless definitely worth doing yeah because you can put all of that energy into the same projects but you could probably do them better if you do them at a time that actually suits you <laughs>
Okay, so you've packed quite a lot into a um, into a few years there. So you'd definitely be keeping yourself really, really busy. Um, what's next for you? Yeah, so like I said earlier, I'm really enjoying that kind of specialising, the digging as deep as you can possibly dig into a certain area. Um, for me, that's like content and SEO. It's content strategy. It's like how we can improve um the the business objectives like the targets that we can achieve as a content team through seo um and kind of just really understanding better how we can do better at our jobs as seos and i don't think i can do that without specializing keep learning um i've got like a learning hub in notion where all of my webinars and conference takeaways and everything they're all captured in there I'd say if I have to do one one thing um, going forward, it will be just keep acquiring that knowledge and growing into that specialist um, and kind of implementing that in a small a small business like I am at the moment where it really has that impact. And are you planning to continue your work with the 93% Club? Is that something that's not going to stop anytime soon? Yeah, definitely. I'm super busy, but I feel like that charity means so much to me um like the people also the people that I get to work with are people I would never get to work with normally we're all from such different jobs um like I'm learning so much from other people they're really upskilling as well and it's great to be around those kind of people and that kind of um momentum so yeah and also I just I do think that that charity can achieve so much so in terms of like how many students are in that network we've just opened up to professionals as well um, it's it's got such high potential in terms of reach, and it's just su- it's super exciting to see what kind of impact we can have there. And any other sort of particular areas that you've earmarked where you go, actually, there's um, there's some other areas where I probably still want to do some work to develop. Yeah, so I think part of being an SEO and in a small business, you have kind of limited contact with other areas of the business sometimes, or perhaps you don't have the opportunity to manage stakeholders, especially this early on in my career. It's like, I'm lucky to have that opportunity sometimes. Um, But for me, I'd really like to have that opportunity a lot more and kind of develop my skills there. And that's something that I am kind of actively growing into. So I've asked my manager to give me certain types of extra like work to kind of develop that skill where I get to collaborate with different teams so that's that's been really useful and then also finding that opportunity within the charity where I've got that flexibility has been really great so I'm like working on big rocks with some members in the professionals community where they're like contributing some of their advice and I'm packaging it up like that to me is a great opportunity to develop that skill and so I just want to keep going with that and the golden rule there is yeah if you don't ask you don't get so yeah. yeah, continuing to put yourself in that position where you're, you're putting yourself forward, you're putting your hand up, you're seeking things out is um, you know, the only way really that you that you progress, right? Yeah, I think as well, like when you're in such a, a busy, fast paced business, it can be easy to assume that your manager will always know what you want to learn next and give you those opportunities. But really, like they can't read your mind. They don't know what you want to develop in. They know what you should develop in and they probably give you that work already. 
in terms of like gaps that they recognize but if there's something that you know you want to do better at but you've just never had the opportunity then you do you do sometimes have to vocalize like hey I want to try this thing that I've not had the chance to do yet because they're just not going to think of it otherwise no, quite often the uh, the perspective is, yeah, this is what the business needs to um, to develop, or this is how the business needs to needs to develop. Now, yeah, in an ideal world, what you want to do completely aligns with that, and it's a nice smooth trajectory. But often, not yeah, sometimes there's slight yeah, there's slight divergences, and um, that's fine. But yeah, you say if you don't if you don't say, nobody knows, so you can't be surprised then if you don't um, if you don't end up where you want to go. Yeah, I think also like recognizing that you are going to learn some things that you didn't really have on your list of things you wanted to develop in um but being open to that because that's actually where I've realized again like being data driven the thought that terrified me before but now I've had the chance to do it it's probably one of my like favorite skills um like kind of being open to learning those new things even if they weren't what you originally anticipated for yourself I think is really important because Again, the same way our managers won't recognise if there's a skill that we want to develop. Like, we won't recognise that there's a skill we want to develop if we've never had the chance to try it. And I think being in, like, the company I'm at now in that fast-paced environment where it's very hands-on, I'm just lucky to have so many opportunities to learn. And I think, like, if you are early in your career, it's so important to take, take those opportunities and do everything you can with them. Very good. So just to wrap us up then before we um, before we finish, what's what are the last piece, a couple of pieces of advice that you'd give to somebody progressing in their career career now, based on what you've learned and picked up over the years? Um, I know it's I've just said don't say yes to everything and then say no, but I would say try to say yes to as much as you can, um, if it feels like it's aligned with what you want to achieve don't like dismiss things because they aren't exactly what you imagined because more often than not like it will take you down a road that you never even considered and you might really love it um so I'd say like be very open especially early on in your career like offer to do these extra things that can kind of really upskill you also be really open with your manager and say I actually want to do this thing don't be afraid to vocalize that you want to develop in a certain area um I think you just got to be really open and transparent and willing to learn I think that's probably the single most important thing you can do to kind of learn quickly acquire experience quickly and maybe make up sometimes for the years you don't have yet I think it's really important brilliant thank you ever so much for spending some time with us today really appreciate that and um yeah hopefully we'll see more great things from you to um to come yeah thank you for having me I really enjoyed it